This morning is more of a family discussion than anything else. Once or twice a year, I like to talk to the families. So I, I, I like to speak specifically to people who would call the assembly their spiritual home, that would call it their church, that this, you belong to the assembly church in that sense. This is, if, if someone had to stop you in the street and say, hey, what church do you go to? You'd say the assembly. That's where I go. Um, well, I'm speaking to you specifically this morning. But if you're here and you're just visiting, you're passing through, maybe you just heard something about the church and you wanted to stick your head in and see how things were looking, or you're investigating this Christian thing and seeing uh, where's this going to go, how are we going to do this thing. Uh, I want to say welcome to you as well. Um, you get to pull up a chair at the family table today. So you need to forgive me for what I'm going to speak about because it's really, this, this is speaking to the, to the people that would call this their home this morning. But I do trust that it'll be helpful for everyone that's here. Can I pray? Father, thank you so much for this time. Lord God, we pray that you would open our ears, open our hearts. Lord, let us hear what you've got to say to us today. Father God, I pray that, uh, Lord, that you would challenge us, that you would speak to us. In the name of Jesus, we ask this. Amen. Amen. So, next steps is what I'm speaking to today. You can see there, our next steps. When I'm talking about our next steps, I'm talking about our, the assembly our, okay? Not our, but our, the church's next steps. Do you know, next steps are very important things. Um, First steps are very important things. Next steps are very important things. Do you want to see a little video of Kate trying to take a step? Come on, yes you do. Yes, you, That's the advantage of being here with a microphone. You get to watch my home videos. Okay, watch this very quickly. Hello, Kate. I... She's Hello, on the phone. Kate. Hello, Kate. Mental note, do not teach your child how to walk on a slippery bathroom floor. Doesn't work well. Plus, don't feed them as much as we did. No, I'm just joking. She's healthy, but it's a good thing, okay? It was a good thing for her. She's sort of flattened out a little bit as the time has gone by, so it's awesome. Um, but that's her trying to take a step, you know. That was, and that's how steps work, you know. You, 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 if you've ever had a kid or you've seen a kid or you've got a baby brother or sister or something like that, when, when kids start to walk, they, they kind of sort of lift themselves up onto something, normally a couch or something like that, and they hold on. And then a little bit later when they get some confidence, they just shuffle a little bit to the side. And when they get a little bit more confident, they even let go of the couch and then they're back on the ground, and they go, and they go back, and then they take a step, and then they, and then they actually run across little, little portions, and like run from one couch to the next couch, or something like that. It's a very cute process to watch, and it happens very quickly. Um, it doesn't feel quick when you're going through it. It just feels irritating, uh, because they want to run everywhere, and, and, and they want to make a mess everywhere, but, but actually it's gone in like a month, and they've learned how to walk, and the next thing you know, they're running down uh, away from you, or towards you, or depending on what you've done. Um, and they, and, and they just walk so quickly. But this thing of first steps and next steps is crucial. Now, this church isn't in the process of taking its first steps. This church was established in 79. Who here is, 
you, were, you weren't even born when this church was established. Put your hand up if you weren't even born when this church was established. Uh, me too. Okay. So the church took its first steps a while ago. Okay, we're not talking about that. But we've now gotten to a place where the church needs to take some more steps. Um, you know, if, if a baby takes a step, do we encourage and congratulate and celebrate that baby's first step? I promise you we do. We take photos. We put it on Facebook. It's everywhere. Check this. This is my baby. Took his first step. And it's only three years old. This is amazing. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but you just, you know, you get so excited about this whole thing. And, and um, it's amazing. And what do you do once, once, your, once your kid takes its first step? You encourage it to take more. I mean, imagine you didn't, and it was like you did so well. You know, you just sit there for a while. You just sit there until you're two, three, or four years of old, and then you will try walking some more. No, as soon as they've taken a step, you say, come on, you can do it. You can do it. Come a little further, and you hold your hand a little further, and you hold it back, and they eventually start to walk to it. And that's how it works, and they take steps. Now, the church needs to take another step. I don't know if you've noticed. I'm sure you have. We've gone to multiple services. This is our first. I think we've had four or five weeks of having two services on a Sunday morning. And the church is growing. This is an awesome thing. But we now need to take a look at our next step. Everything has a first step. So, and everything needs to have a next step if it wants to make progress. Because that's the thing about next steps, isn't it? It speaks about progress and moving forward. So you can't just have a first step. You've got to have the steps after that. Every business, there's a lot of things that have to happen between the idea of having the business and the business actually starting. And you need a lot of capital, and you need marketing, and you need staff, and you need products, and you need all sorts of things in order for what's in your head to become a reality. You've got to take one step, one step, the next step. Where are you? And you've got, to keep, you've got to keep going and keep going and keep going. And sooner or later, if you've taken the correct steps, the business starts to grow. And then if you've done well, the business starts to even show profit. And you can stop there if you want to. But I can tell you one thing. If you stop there in the process of building your business, your business will go like this and then it will go like this. If you don't take more steps in order to go forward and progress as a business, things are going to go down. It's the same with the child. If you don't encourage it and celebrate each step and do them, then, then eventually the development goes down. So everything's got to have those steps. And um, for us, in light of the fact that we are a growing church and that we are trusting God that we will continue to grow, we need to take a look at what are our next steps as a church? What can we do? Because we're not, we're very grateful for where we are. Of course. But what's the next step? We can't sit here and go, this is fantastic. Let's be here forever. We need to say, what's the next thing? Come on, we can take one more step. And uh, this morning, that's why I say it's a bit of a kind of a family meeting in that sense, is that we'll be talking about exactly that. And these are the three things that came to my mind when I think of taking the next steps as a church. Serve, renovate, invite. When I did that, the V's were neatly under each other. It looked so pretty. Now it doesn't look as pretty, but you get the point. There's, there's V's in every word, okay? Is that cool? 
Fantastic. It just helps. Hopefully, it'll help you to remember something. But the first thing is this, serving. Now, we've gone, we started here in the beginning of this year, Sarah and myself, and, and things, you know, by God's grace are growing. And they've moved from sort of uh, 200 or so on a Sunday, people on a Sunday, to um, last week again, just over 300 people that were here on a Sunday. So things are growing. It's a steady growth. That's why we've had to go to multiple services. It just facilitates other people coming in, other people hearing the message. And that's what we want. We never want to get to a place where people who have not stepped inside of a church ever or for a long time, they come in and they feel, I don't know where to sit. I don't know what to do. What am I supposed to do here? Uh, No one's showing me to my seat. And this is an awkward situation. And then turn around and walk out. That would be a big problem for us. And so we try to avoid that. We've created space by making multiple services. We put kids ministry, uh, a full, full kids program at both services um, to see what we could do there. But do you want to hear the truth? We have more kids in our second service now than we had when we had one service. So it's a bit tricky, this whole thing. Um, so instead of having 50 or so kids, we've got now 65 kids in the back there right now. Uh, and, and it's a small space, but, um, but we need to get there. So the good thing is that things are growing and that the average is up. And the truth is this, healthy things do grow. Healthy things should grow. And we're not trying to create an environment here for Christians to hang out and just be together and have fun together. That's a nice byproduct of what we do here, but that isn't why we exist. We exist as a church to make space for people to come into a relationship with God. That is the bottom line of why we do what we do. And so it's so important on us to, as we grow, be able to have the manpower to facilitate that growth. What am I talking about? Everything that grows needs resources to grow. If a plant wants to grow, it needs a certain amount of things. It needs sunlight, it needs water, it needs nutrients, right? It's got to take those things. And as the plant grows bigger, it requires more nutrients and uh, in order to grow more. And if you stop the nutrients anywhere, the plant, it's not going to grow or it's actually going to do even worse than that and it's going to start to decline. Um, And any healthy thing is like that. And the church isn't some business structure. It's an organism. It's a living thing. It's us. And so it's the same principle applies. If something is going to grow, and this church is growing, we need constant supply of resources. What I'm talking about is manpower. You see, for me, it's so important that when you come into church, there's someone there to greet you with a friendly smile. For me, it's important that there's someone that can show you to your seat. It's important that when you worship God, when you sing, when you express how you're feeling in your heart towards God, that things run smoothly in terms of multimedia. It's important to me that if you can't be there on a Sunday for any reason, you can just, in the week, you can go onto our website and you can take a listen to the message and you can be blessed and you can be helped by that. It's important that someone does the sound at the back there. That we've got someone who's, you know, not deafening you and not so quiet that you can hear yourself singing because that's awkward for everybody. And so, you know, we, we want someone who knows how to do their sound. 
We've got a team up here. We've got people in the back there. We've got 15 young adults and teenagers in the back there helping uh, with our kids right now. But you know what? As we grow, we just see more and more and more people. I asked Sarah this week how many people we've actually got right now serving. And it's not because I need to know the numbers, but I need to know what we're working with at all times. You'll be shocked at the number. 150. Is that amazing? I think it's, like, it's incredible. Okay? People who are serving in the life of this church is 150 people. So please, whatever you hear, don't hear me saying, you're not serving enough. This church is a serving and a generous church. What I'm saying is, there might, your next step might help us to take our next step. And for you, your next step might be to put up your hand and say, you know what? I enjoy the benefits of this church. I wonder if I can't give back in some way in terms of helping to serve. And most people have a barrier with that. But you know what the barrier is? I'm not sure what's going to be expected of me. What do I do if I commit to this and then I need to go to PE for the, for the weekend? What happens if this happens and then there's a sports thing and then now what am I supposed to do about it? I've just committed to help with this and I don't know how to navigate that. Let me tell you something. Our volunteers serve generally once every three weeks, sometimes once every four weeks. So we're not talking about something that is, you know, onerous and every single week it's first in, last out and difficult. The more people that we have, the more we can lighten the load. That's the bottom line about serving. And so this is a massive thing. And you know what? This isn't a responsibility. This is an opportunity. This is an opportunity for every single one of us to partner with what God is doing through this church on the planet in our community and to say, you know what, I can give something. I, I, I can. I can greet people. You know, Billy Graham, famous, famous story. You know that he became a Christian on a night. He came into a meeting which was packed. He didn't know where to sit. And so he walked out. But there was an usher who saw him walking out and said, whoa, 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 whoa hang on, I know where you can sit. And not only did he point him to a chair, don't you hate that when you're in a shopping center and you're like, hey, do you know where the pastor is? They're like, yeah, fifth aisle down the left on the right. You know, whatever. That's not helpful. I want someone to take me there. Um, And this usher did the exact, he said, come here, come here. I know there's a seat. And he put him in a seat. And that night, him and his friend got saved. And we all know the rest is history in terms of Billy Graham's testimony and how how many people he's actually led to the Lord over the years. And you know, it was with an usher that had the opportunity to do what he needed to do. And it's such a simple thing, but those are the things that God can use. And so there is opportunity. The point of what I'm saying is our next step as a church is for, for, for even more people to say, you know what, I can do something. I can commit to this. We don't want people who are going to be doing that begrudgingly at all. We don't want people who are holding it over us. I, I once visited a church. This is a shocking story. I once visited a church And there was a young adult, and he said to me, this is what he said to me. We were talking about tithing. I don't know how it came up. And we were talking, and and we were talking about giving into the church. and, and, um, And he said, no, 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 I don't tithe. Because what I do is I serve in the church, and my every hour of my work is worth, let's say, 300 rand. So I give the church three hours a week, which comes to 900 bucks. So at the end of the month, I'm tithing that. So my, and I thought, <laughs> okay. Um, I, I don't think that's the way we need to work it out, you know? Um, or, you know what? If I don't rock up, it's not a big deal. There'll be other people to fill the gap. 
No, no, we want people who are passionate about serving in this house. People who are passionate and who don't see their role as some small thing. Media is important. Sound is important. Everyone who sets up. Do you know that before the service, people carry those heavy tables from there to there every single Sunday and all the chairs, and then they take them back after the service. And no one thanks them. No one looks at them. No one even knows that they do that. But it's so important because after a service, you can grab a cup of coffee. You can sit at a table and you can connect with someone. You can have a meaningful discussion with them. So these things, it's, it's, everyone is important. The, the, the important thing is that you see your importance in being able to serve in the house. You with me? Cool. Everyone's still here. Perfect. Then let's move on a little bit. Let's move to, don't worry about that. Let's move to this. Okay. Renovate. I needed a word with a V, and that was the one that came to mind. Okay? The, what I'm saying there is, is building, extending, doing things. It was very early on in this year. It was as early as February, March, that we realized that the building was going to start to become uh, a hassle for us because we can't do anything more. I don't know if you can see there, the red block, is that's our church from the aerial view. And there is no space to expand. We are already on our boundary lines, which technically is not okay, but it is okay because it was done in the history of the world. Um, But we can't extend now to boundary lines. That's not something we can even look at doing now. So the question is, should we look at something somewhere else, or are we happy here, and can we make this work somehow? We are in a beautiful location. I don't think we need to be too quick about looking somewhere else. I'm not ruling it out, but what I'm saying is I honestly believe this. You can debate with me on this, but you'll definitely be wrong. This is the most beautiful intersection in Crawford It just is. It's got all the awesome little coffee shops. It's a beautiful street. It's clean. It's neat. It's just, it's just a fantastic intersection. Uh, it's public. It's visible. Uh, You've got to drive past it all the time. Um, it's just lovely. Without being in, in the industrial area, without being in the commercial center uh, up in Caledon, this, this is the place. It's a wonderful place to be located. The only problem is obviously the space restrictions that we've got to deal with. So, that's why we added a second morning service, because instead of making the church bigger, we can just have more than one service. And yes, it creates a bit of extra work, but you know what? That's okay. If it gets more people into this building, if there's more people that can be in an environment where they can hear the the hope and the love of Jesus, well, then that's fine. More work's fine. So here's the thing. How does this tie into renovate? We started looking at something in the beginning of this year, in February, March, when we realized that we were going to have an issue soon. And we took a look at doing some developing in the back there because our primary thing is that there is not enough space for kids. You know, on a Friday, there's over 100 teenagers. On, a, on a, any given Sunday, there's, there's probably 80 or so kids and volunteers in the back there right now. The space doesn't cope with it. The classes are too small. Last week, we had 11 kids with six adults in a classroom smaller than the parents' room. And if you've been with three to six-year-olds, that many of them, it's a nightmare. 
And it's a, it's, a, it's a role that most people go, oh, let them do it. Let them do it. You know, let me put money into it. I don't want to actually do, get involved there. It's a hectic job. And it just creates tension and stress. And uh, we've got to do something about it. That's the bottom line. So what we've done here is we've helped the situation in that we've had multiple services. But in the back there, uh, it's definitely a challenge. And we looked into it. We got some quotes done uh, to, to build a second level, to double our space back there. And then as soon as we got the quotes, we put it back in our pocket and carried on thinking of other creative ways because it was very expensive. And, um, you know, we just never really considered it further than that. But it's getting to a place now because you have to take a next step. You know, if we're going to stay exactly like we are, we can probably get away with that for another six to, to eight months. Hopefully, we're not going to stay like we are. Hopefully, we're taking steps and we're growing and we're advancing. And, uh, and so we, we need to relook at that. And so the leadership of the church is doing that. We're meeting together and we're trying to relook at that and take out that slip and say, maybe those figures aren't so bad. Because we're talking about figures of like 300, 350,000 rand. And some of you are thinking, oh, that's pocket change. Please see me after the service. <laughs> please, please. For those of you who, who winced when you heard that figure, um, that's the figure. That's what it costs to do anything, okay? You can't buy a property for that. So, so we can't look at a property and say, you know what, let's get that property and then we'll do our kids' church there because you're not going to get anything for 300,000 rand. That's just the bottom line, not in this area. And we can't have a kids' church that's not within like a one-minute walking distance from this church. Otherwise, it's not pleasant for parents. So, so that's the bottom line. So there's a figure that's come in, and we've got to work towards that. But now we're discussing that um, in terms of the leadership to see exactly how we can do that. And uh, even when we mentioned that, and I, I didn't mention this in the first service, but someone came within, within a week of us saying that, and they said, you know what, here's 50 grand. And we still said, oh, I'm not sure we can. I think that's crazy. I think it's crazy. I've seen some things overseas recently which blew my mind. I have never seen people trust God for finances like I've seen it there, where you are not talking about 500,000 rand or a million rand. You're talking about figures that are in the region of 100 or 200 million rand. Um, you're talking about serious money that are bringing Boeings in, that are, <laughs> the stuff is unbelievable that they're doing. And you know what? They just trust God for it. And you know what God does? He just works in the heart of someone and they just say, I'm prepared to give that. Something's happened. I've got some extra money. Here you go. And all of a sudden they give and give and give. There was a hilarious, well, I found it hilarious. There was a story because of the medical supplies that came through um, for the Dominican Republic for that missions trip. There were $17 million worth of medical supplies that were donated. And, uh, but before that happened, Someone came up to the person who was leading the medical uh, teams and said, you know, I felt God's telling me I need to give you, the, give you these medicines at cost price. And the woman, she says, no, that wasn't God. God's not telling you that. He went away, came back a week later and said, God's telling me I need to give this to you. Um, that's the, like, I know that sounds crazy. But that's the kind of level of things we're dealing with. We're not dealing with an organization that can afford to pay $17 million even if it's cost. But God just supplied and supplied and supplied. And we sit here in Crawford and go, oh, I'm not sure about 200000 I'm not sure about 300000 You know, right now, we saw that clip of Pastor Donovan now and Patricia. 
You know that they're trusting God there for a campus. They're putting up a campus in, in a very prime part of Cape Town. It's costing 100 million rand. I know. And we go, how is that possible? You know, here's the thing. You know what they've got already towards that? 15 million. I say, how does that work? Well, they wouldn't have had that if they didn't want that. Do you know what I mean? That's the way that God worked. And so people came up to them and said, you know what? Here's a million. Here's a million. And now that's not to say they're dealing with rich people. That's just to say that they're dealing with people and God has stirred their hearts and they've been obedient to give. So, so this isn't for everyone. But renovation is, is one of the steps that the church has to take in order to take its next step to growing. Because if we grow in people, but we don't grow in any way in capacity in terms of our facilities, that's our, that's our lid. That's as much as we can grow. And I'm trusting that we can grow beyond that. So, let's take a look at one last thing. You still with me? Anyone? At all? Cool. Invite. This is the third V that we're talking about. On man camp, there was a man who mentioned something while we were talking around the campfire. And he said this to me. Well, actually, he said it to the group, and it was in like a a random discussion, I thought. But then he said this absolute gem. He said, you know what? And he was quite like, I don't know, stroppy. What's the word? He was like, he's like, you know what? It's not the pastor's job to grow the church. It's our job to grow the church. It's the pastor's job to equip the church. And I, in my head, was saying, amen, brother. Amen. No, that's true. You know, I'm glad I never had to say that. Um, but it was true. And sometimes I need to be reminded of that. Because I sit there in meetings and I go, how can we, how can we get the people from there into here? What do we need to do? What can we do better? How can we get people who've never heard of the love of God into this building, into an atmosphere and environment where they can hear that? How do we do that? And I, I do, and I've taken on myself a little bit, you know, and I think, oh, what can I do? What can I do? You know, is it one, is it just one-on-one? Uh, do I need to do this? Do I need to put up a poster? Do I need to get our flyers? Do I need to have an event? What do I need to do to have people to come into the space to find the love of God? And I needed the reminder. It's not my role. It's my role as much as it is your role. Let me say it like that. So I don't shirk it, but it's our role to grow the local church. That's why I've got the invite. Like everything else that grows, anyone who's in business can tell you this. The way things grow the best is word of mouth. Better than anything else. You can hand out flyers until you've got no more ink in your printer. You can put up every poster you want in every prime location you want. I promise you, one word that comes from a trusted person that says, you know what, this is such an amazing store. You need to go to this store. The people that serve there are amazing and the prices are good. Well, you'll be there. More than you reading it on some little leaflet that came in your mailbox. I do the leaflets anyway. I think it's important to just cover your bases. Okay, when we did Holiday Club, we put out 500 flyers across the community. And of the 75 kids that came to Holiday Club, I think two came as a direct result of the flyers. So that's fine. For me, that's money well spent. Because they came into this environment, their parent got to see that. But you know what's going to happen next year when it's Holiday Club time? Parents are going to start talking again. And they're going to say, oh, that Holiday Club is pretty cool. My kids really enjoyed it. You really? Your kids enjoyed that? No, my kids loved it. Really? Maybe I should send my kids to that thing. Oh, yeah. Because word of mouth is how things grow. 
And church is no different in that sense. We can put out flyers, we can put out posters, and I have. You can go to spa and check it. But word of mouth is how things grow. When you are genuinely, genuinely buying into something and you speak to people about that, that is how we take steps in the church. So, sometimes we get an opportunity to share our faith with people. I think that often Christians have a guilt thing about them, about sharing. You know, as if like, oh man, I had an opportunity to share my faith with someone and I never did it and I've really let the Lord down and I've let myself down. Now, sometimes those opportunities do present themselves. And when they do, you need to take them. You know, share a testimony. Speak about what God's done in your life. I'm absolutely for that. But very often... The time doesn't allow for that. And what time does allow for, and what's sometimes more appropriate for the situation, is a simple prayer for someone. Hey man, do you mind if I pray for you about that? Or inviting someone to church. Those those are critical things. It's not all about uh, sealing the deal out there in spa. You know, I'm going to be the one that leads this person to the Lord. It doesn't work like that. Very rarely does it work like that. We all have steps that we took to get to this place. But maybe your conversation is a step in someone else's life. But here's here's what I'm trying to say. We create an environment here at church, deliberately, where people can connect with people and connect with God. We do our best to create the best possible environment for that to happen. That's why our worship team practices. Otherwise, they would just rock up and do what they think they should do. That's why we plan our services. That's why everything that we do here is geared to help people to connect with people. That's why we serve coffee after the service, so that you will stick around. So if you take a takeaway and you go on your merry way, that's defeating the purpose of what we do the coffee for. Okay? Stop it. No, I'm joking. If you need to do it, you can, but rather don't. We do that so we're connecting people to people. And we do this because we're connecting people to God. So, so we create the environment here. And sometimes all you need to do is invite them into this environment. Sound too easy. So let me just qualify what I'm saying now. Because I don't want you to mishear me. I don't want you to hear me saying that your personal testimony isn't important. 1 Peter 3.15 It's very clear. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. So you can never say, well, I don't need to tell people about God because I'm inviting everyone to church. No, no. Always have an answer for the hope that you have. If someone says, what's going on? Why aren't you broken when this stuff's going on in your life? What's going on? Well, have an answer. Have it ready. But sometimes that opportunity isn't always there. But what you do have an opportunity to do is invite. And what I want to do with our remaining time very quickly is I've got a lot of respect and admiration for a pastor who most of you know, Andy Stanley, North Point Church, uh, as an American guy. Uh, Just a phenomenal gift of making complicated things simple. That's, if I could put his gift into a nutshell, that's exactly what it would be. And one podcast, a leadership podcast that I was listening to of his speaks about this thing, and he calls it Keystone Habits. 
Now, we all know what habits are. Most of us have bad habits, okay? My kids still pick their nose. Don't tell them I told you. Um, you know, there's, there's bad habits that we all have. Things that we do that we kind of wish we didn't do. They don't help us. We just do them because, you know, we, we're in the habit of doing them now. Now, keystone habits are habits that are positive, that are helping you to achieve a goal. So you could have fitness kind of habits that you do. Maybe you get up at a certain time of the morning and you do a certain uh, routine or exercise and that becomes a habit in your life, um, which obviously builds towards achieving your goal of being fit and looking good or whatever it might be. So that could be one. Um, But we all know habits. Habits have got three distinct parts to them. They've got a cue. They've got a routine. And they've got a reward. Cue, routine, reward. The cue, let's give you an example. I'm hungry. That's the cue. The routine, I go to the fridge, I find something sweet and delicious, and I eat it. The reward is that I feel satisfied. My mouth feels satisfied. My tummy feels full, so everything's cool. So, so, and that's a habit. And we can very easily get into that habit. Whenever I'm feeling kind of like lonely or bored or whatever, you know, your default there is just to, okay, go to the fridge, get something, eat it. And it's just, it's not like you're hungry. It's just become a habit in your life, you know, just to open the fridge, see what's in there, close it again. Um, And we all do that. But what he's saying is, what if we can develop habits as a church, cues, that help us to respond to people out there in a certain way. Now, stay with me because I'm, I am getting to a point here. And what he's saying is this. We want to get our church into the habit of inviting unchurched people to church. So there are some cues that we can use to trigger these habits. Now, the three knots... These are the three knots. It's not going well. I'm not prepared for this. I'm not from here. So I'm not going well, you know. Um, maybe you're sitting down with coffee uh, for coffee with someone and they're talking to you about their life. And it's just, you know what, things are not going well. I'm battling with this. Well, that's a cue. Bing. Okay. Well, what do we do with that cue? I'll tell you now. Maybe not prepared for this. You know, I'm having a baby and it's my first one. I'm not quite sure what to do. I don't feel prepared. I'm not prepared to have a baby. I'm starting a new job. I'm not quite sure what it means or if I'm going to connect well with the people there. I don't feel prepared for this thing that's coming. Bing. I'm not from here. That's probably the easiest one. We've just moved to Crawford We're new here, or I've just started at the school, and uh, you know, I, I'm actually not from here. I'm just passing through. Um, I'm from somewhere else. Well, bing, all that has to do is cue you. And then we switch into this thing, the routine. What do we do when we're cued? Here's it. It's pretty simple. Invite them to church that Sunday. I know this sounds, I feel like I'm doing some basic lecture here. I don't mean it to feel like that. I found this helpful because, I don't know about you, but you hear a lot of this kind of, those three knots, they come out in a lot of conversations. 
And uh, instead of just sympathizing or just offering advice, uh, what we can do is open a door for people to come into this environment. I'm not doing so well. You know what? Why don't you come to church with me this Sunday? I'm not from here. I don't, I don't know Crawford at all. Hey, come to church with me on Sunday. Why don't you join me for church? You can meet some people. I'll introduce you to some guys. You can, you know, whatever it is. So that's the cue. The routine is inviting them to church that Sunday. And the reward is obvious in that you get to partner with the local church. And you become the next step of growth in the local church. Because, you know what? I love having people join our church. I love it. We get people that come to us from other churches. That's okay if they leave their church well. If they leave their church well, it's a good thing. Then it's fine that, you know, then it's great for them to fellowship here. But first prize is people that aren't interested in church, people who even maybe don't think about church, people who were burnt by church, people who um, are not sure what they think about church and they're just asking questions. We first prize want unchurched people to come into the church. And this I just found simple but helpful. And I've been surprised, even as I've looked at those, how many times I've heard the words, you know, and I've got it like, ooh, okay, you know, and I can just say, And it's a great thing. And what I'm doing right now is encouraging you to just internalize some of those things and to say, hey, come with me. Why don't you come with me this Sunday when these things happen? I'm going to wrap up now. Because as you think about what you've seen and you've heard today, I want to encourage you with something. To think about this. What is my next step? Just think about that for yourself. What is my next step? Because maybe the next step for you is simply to just come and listen. Just continue to hear at church. Continue to learn. Continue to wonder, is this something I can embrace? Is this something I can believe? Maybe you're seeking and you're not quite sure about this whole Christianity thing. Maybe the next step for you is just to make a decision to just keep on being here. Maybe the next step for you is to Actually place your faith in Christ. Because you've heard enough. You've seen enough. You're ready now. Something's lit up. You've heard something that has just resonated with your spirit. And you just know that you know that this isn't some game. This is real. And you just feel, hey, I want to do this. I want to put my faith in Christ. Well, maybe the next step for you is exactly that. Maybe for some of you, your next step is baptism. And Sarah spoke to that earlier on today. We'll have a course this Tuesday. If your next step is baptism, you know how fantastic that is. You join with hundreds of millions of people throughout the ages who have put their faith in Christ and publicly declared it by coming in and being baptized in front of the people that they know and love. It's an incredible thing. And maybe for you, that's your next step. For others of you, your next step is just to get into a smaller group, a connect group, where you can continue to grow in your faith in a smaller, more intimate environment. For others, it might be to begin to serve. I spoke about that first. That was the first V, was to serve. Maybe you've never considered serving. Maybe you 
You've just been nervous. You don't want to commit yourself to something. But your next step might just be saying, you know what, I want to do that. I want to get involved. I want to put my hand up. I want to start committing. I want to put back into the things that I'm seeing in local church. I want to put back into that. For others of you, you need to learn to give. I, I mean this. I love giving my money to a local church that is growing, that is going forward, that is making a difference in our community. It isn't something I do with any kind of grudge. Whether there's money or not to give, I love giving to a local church and I love giving to our local church because we're in the process of making disciples. And you know, when you do give here, you invest in the greatest, most eternal thing it is possible to invest in. This isn't just a building. It's not just a church. It's not just something that's going to be here today and gone tomorrow. This is an internal investment where your finances go into. We don't like to preach on it, but we give a small teaching of it every single week. Because for us, it's massively important that people understand that their money is going into extending the reach of this local church. 